Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. You guys are amazing. Our church is amazing. And every time that I pray for each of you, I just thank God for each one of you. I know that... um, that we are walking through a lot of different things as a people. Um, I know there's a lot of people with parents that are ill or things that are happening that they have to, um, that takes a lot of time and energy and emotional weight. And yet at the same time, we're pressing forward, we're pressing into the Lord. And what I wanna do today is really call us to a place of listening, listening for the Lord. And uh, we're in 21 days of prayer and the the, the Lord just gave me this idea of what, are, what, what do we do in the secret place? How do we carve out the secret place? What are the secrets of the secret place? And I actually, I realized that there was a book written by a guy that I've heard speak before named Secrets of the Secret Place, which was kind of cool. So I looked up the book and I was reading through it. And this guy he was a worship leader and he had um, a great ministry in worship. And one day a tragic accident happened and he completely lost his voice forever. Like it has not returned and it's been probably 40 years. And uh, when he talks, he whispers and it's literally like, hello. Like you, he has to strain to use his voice. He can talk for about one hour total for the whole day um, before he's in immense pain. And he still chooses to speak for a living. And he goes to churches and he preaches at churches and imparts into them this whole idea of being in the secret place. And one of the things that stuck out to me as I was reading this book was the secret of listening. And I was I was just taken aback because one of the things that I realized was that listening and hearing God is actually a major theme in the Bible. So if you go all the way back to the beginning of Genesis, what does God do? He speaks and Adam and Eve, they do what? They, they listen and they hear God. And then the very next thing that happens is they begin to question God. Did God really say so we hear, we hear him, and then, and then this lie comes that says, did he really say it though? Did he really say that? And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. What, what Psalm 81, 13 says is that, um, it says, oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that my people would listen to me and walk in my ways. Oh, that they would hear me. Oh, that they would know what I'm saying and believe me and then move forward in it. Because so many times, what do we do? We hear the word of the Lord. We might agree with it. We might amen it in church. And then, and then we go home and we start to question it. Did God really say that to me? Did I really hear that? I don't know. Maybe that wasn't the Lord. And we walk away from it. All throughout the gospels, Jesus says, uh, he who has ears, let him hear. Let him hear, let him hear. And so we wanna be a people that hear. We wanna be a people that move out in this ability to hear what the word of the Lord is. And then we believe it and then we act on it. And all throughout the Bible, you can see, if you go back, it's like, Noah, what did he do? He heard the word of the Lord, he believed him and then he built an ark. 
And then we go a little further and it's like, what does Abraham do? He hears the word of the Lord and he obeys and he goes forth. He leaves his, his father's country, right? And he goes on this journey with the Lord. And then you know, we just track it all the way through. Uh, Moses, here's the word of the Lord. And he, he leaves his father-in-law's country and goes back to Egypt and he rescues the people. And every time that people hear the word of the Lord, the Jesus is uh, not Jesus, sorry. God is sending them into a moment where he's actually rescuing. He's rescuing. And so our hearing isn't just for us. Our hearing is for us to turn and be rescuers. We're not just supposed to hear for ourselves and get a nice, fuzzy, warm word for ourselves. We're supposed to hear and then go and rescue people. Go and get them. Go and receive them. Go and tell them the good news of the, of the gospel. And so um, we move further in and then Jesus repeats all through the gospels. He says, he who has an ear, let him hear. Even into Revelations. Revelation, to the, the letter to all the churches, Jesus says, he who has an ear, let him hear. So if you have ears, Let's hear, let's listen. Let's cultivate a habit of listening. Everything in the kingdom of God depends on us hearing. We've got to hear. And I, I, want to, I want to prove this to you with this right here. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? We have to hear about him and then we have to tell about him. So we hear and then we go and tell. And so we want to be a people who hear. The truth is that everything changes when we hear God, when we believe him and when we act upon what he says. Hearing is the wellspring of eternal life. We have to hear the gospel and respond to it. And then our relationship with him grows. As we hear him, we grow in our ability to hear him. And then we learn and we grow and we grow and we grow. It's our way of moving forward. It's our way of taking the next step. Hearing is the source of wisdom. It's the, under, it's the source of understanding. It's the source of life direction. When we hear the word of God, we begin to take it in and it begins to change us and it shapes the way that we think and gives us wisdom. And it says, hey, don't go that way. We begin to hear the word of the Lord. Hey, that's the wrong way. Don't go over there. Come back this way. We hear the word of the Lord and it's like, oh, this is, this is wisdom. I need, to, I need to actually address this differently than I would in my own natural mind. Sometimes the word of the Lord tells us to do crazy things that don't make sense in the natural, but they make sense in the supernatural. Mm. Nothing replaces our confidence or authority than hearing the word of the Lord. As soon as you hear something from him, there's a confidence boost, right? We begin to act in what he's telling us to do and it gives us confidence and authority. Honestly, the power of prayer is not found in us convincing God of our agenda. That's not where the power of prayer is. We're, we're not powerful because we can convince him to do what we want. You know where the power of prayer is? It's in listening to his agenda. What do you want to do, Lord? How do you want to move? How do you want to shift things? How do you want to do this? And it's honestly in a place of listening. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. 
We hear him and then we follow. And you might be saying right now, Ellie, I've literally never heard God's voice, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, And that's okay. The voice of God is not always audible. It's not always like you can just hear it with your natural ear. What we're talking about is a spiritual ear. There's a spiritual ear to hear the Lord and what he is saying. Many times it's a thought, it's a prompting, it's a, uh, hey, it's like the small, still voice in your mind that says, maybe you should forgive. And you know what? In our natural minds, we're like, nope, I'm good. (laughs) I'm okay. That person really raked me over the coals. I'm good. Um, But you know what? It's the Lord because he's the one that's saying, hey, this is my prompting to you. If you'll forgive them, it's gonna be better. If you'll move forward with me, it's gonna be better. And so we're not always listening for an actual auditory voice. What we're looking for is the promptings and the little whispers. Um, Even this morning, there's a a gal that's uh, eight weeks pregnant, or not eight weeks, sorry, 38 and a half weeks pregnant. And I've been praying for her for a while. And uh, she's just a couple weeks out, obviously, from having her baby. But I thought of her this morning at 5.30 a.m. And I um, don't normally think of things at 5.30 a.m. I'm very dead to the world. You can ask Jason. Um, I get up, but I'm not there um, mentally. And uh, I just had this thought of like, I wonder if she's in labor right now. And so I text her and said, I'm praying for you. I hope all is well. And she's like, actually, it's crazy. It's at your timing. Um, I'm in labor right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> um, she's having contractions. And so for me, it was such confirmation from the Lord. Uh, I had this thought and I prayed for her and then I text her. And so many times the Lord puts a person in your mind and you need to pray for them. Don't just have the thought and then pass it by. Pray for them and then text them and see how they're doing and, and let them know, like, I'm praying for you. I, I don't know, you were just in my mind because we never know what's happening in the body. And like I said, the body, the prayer is like a nervous system. So when we begin to allow God to put people in our minds and we ask them, tell me who to pray for today. And we ask him and we say, I'm hungry for where you, what you want me to pray for today. I'm not just gonna come in here with my list. I wanna know what's your agenda for today. And it puts us thinking about other people instead of just about what is wrong in our life right now because we can have a whole laundry list of what's wrong in our life right now. But if we begin to pray for other people, it gets our eyes off our situation and we begin to realize that there's, there's pain in the body. There's pain in the body. I need, to, I need to pray. I need to go over there. And we become listeners and hearers. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Yep. We need to ask God to open our ears to hear. So many times I think that we, we miss that step because we, we, you know, we don't think about it. But let's ask him, open my ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Open my ears to hear. I want to know what you're saying. And I want to know what you want me to do. We need to cultivate the ability to hear. We need to cultivate this idea of listening with with anticipation. Because when we begin to listen, he begins to, to speak. And then when he speaks and we do what he says... Things begin to happen. Things begin to shift. The whole, whole atmosphere of your home could shift. I mean, just think about this. Like when he tells you, hey, I want you to begin doing X, Y, or Z with your children and you obey, guess what's gonna happen? 
Your kids are gonna begin to have moments of revelation because he's moving, he's doing the work, he's doing the thing. And so we wanna begin to ask him and position ourselves to listen. I wanna, be, I wanna cultivate this whole idea of listening. So first we wanna cultivate a posture of listening. How do you do that? First, make time. I know that, that we could all say, my schedule's like packed to the max. I don't have an ounce of time to listen. And I want you to know there is absolutely no condemnation in that, except here's the deal. We determine our calendar. We have control. Is anybody else running your calendar for you? No, you are. And I know kids, people with kids, I know. Okay, just hear me out here. Okay, I know I have three of them um, and they sometimes dictate my calendar more than I do um, because it's the interruption, it's the coming. So just know I'm with you, but listen out, listen to me. I made it a point when my kids were little. So with Penny, I'm I'm just gonna be really honest, okay? So Penny was born, she was a little tiny baby, I just had one little baby and I would sleep in till 9.30 because she would sleep in till 9.30. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. I don't know how these people have more than one of these. <laughs> I literally would just be like crying, like I don't, I need sleep. Um, and so there's grace, right? The father gives so much grace. And uh, I would, you know, spend time with him at other points during the day. And then I had Simone. And when I had Simone, I had this hunger for the Lord that came over me. And I was like, I don't want to just like survive Christianity. I want to actually live Christianity. I don't want to just, and, and we were kids pastors before that. So I'm not saying like you, like there's no condemnation here. It's, it's like, but that moment I was like, I have slipped into this place of kind of letting Penny and Simone's sleep schedules dictate that I can't get up and worship the Lord. Somehow tiredness had gotten me so run down. And so you don't have to get up in the morning if you don't want to, but here's the deal. You need to carve out time for listening and you don't have to have a silent room to listen, okay? So it could be that in the middle of the chaos of people running around, you close yourself off. I I mean, I've read stories of a lady that would literally pull her apron over her while her 14 or 15 or 16 children running around and she would pray. So, you know, get a blanket, sit on the couch, (laughs) make a fort, tell them you're in your prayer fort. Okay. I'm in my prayer fort. Fend for yourselves. You've got five minutes. You can do whatever you want. Raid the fridge. No, I'm... (laughs) But here's the deal. All of us have a schedule, right? And some of us, I know, we have to be at work at like 4 a.m., okay? Um, There's no condemnation here, but you're in charge of your calendar. So if you wanna listen and you wanna make space to listen, get in your car, make a tent, get up, make yourself like... Tell your body, um, you know that song we sing, come on my soul, like get up, come alive, make yourself. Um, and I know I'm, I'm a sleeper, okay? So like, just hear me out. 
we have the ability to hear the Lord. In Psalm 95, seven, it says, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. It's a, it's a choice. It's an act of our will to say, I'm gonna hear his voice today. Today, I'm gonna position myself to hear the word of the Lord. I'm gonna position myself to get in his presence. I'm gonna position myself to make him known because he is so good to me. And so are we excited to hear from him? A posture of listening also means we make regular time for it. We humble ourselves before him. It's not about us, it's about him. We may need to adjust things. You are willing to wait. That's part of the posture. We're willing to wait. I'm willing to wait in that place of listening. Even if there's chaos going on around me, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna listen. I wanna hear you, Lord. This last week, while we were at camp, there, the fires were obviously uh, started on Friday, but our one of the pastors there, Jamie, she's actually an elder here at our church, um, she was there and she actually had this burden on Tuesday morning to begin praying about wildfires. And so she started walking the whole camp, praying for the camp to be protected from wildfires literally marching around. And then I told you already that camp was protected. She was in a position to listen. And it actually convicted me because I was like, I want to hear that. I want to know that I need to pray for the buildings. I want to know that I need to pray for the staff ahead of time for the forest fire. I want to know those things. I want to be so attuned to your spirit, Lord, that I hear when I need to pray for something. I don't want to I don't want it to pass me by. I don't want to, it's not just a Jamie thing. This is off, this is available to all of us. We all serve the same God. We all have the same Holy Spirit. We can begin to hear him and know things. And it's not to be afraid of them. It's to pray for them. It's not to live in fear or shrink back. It's actually to press forward in faith, believing that our God is capable of protecting, of guarding, of hedging in. And so we want to be a people that position ourselves to hear. The second thing is to cultivate a passion for listening. We have to knock. We have to seek. How, uh, how long are you going to knock? Are you going to keep knocking until you hear? Are you going to keep seeking until you hear? Because here's the thing. Sometimes we go through seasons, and I, I, I'll be honest. I have been in a season where I feel like I've been knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking, and nothing is happening. But something is is happening. And I believe it because he told me it was. He gave me a vision and I believe him. And so I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep knocking until it comes to pass. Because sometimes we can grow weary in well-doing. We can grow weary believing, like saying, my goodness, I've been praying for this for a decade and I still haven't seen it happen. He gave me a word that it was going to happen and it still hasn't come to pass. And sometimes what we do in those places is we get a little complacent about it. We stop waiting because he gave me the word and it didn't happen. And then we stop listening because we're discouraged. But it's time to renew the knocking. Knock, 
Come on, let's knock. Let's beat down heaven's door saying, I'm hungry. I wanna hear. I wanna be in your presence. I want you near. I don't wanna be far from you. I wanna be close to you. I wanna hear your voice. I wanna know what you're saying and what you're doing. What is the spirit of God doing across the earth right now? Where is he moving? What is he doing? What people is he pouring out his spirit on? How is he doing that? Like where, where is he and what is he up to? We want to be aware and we want to be passionate about it. You know, Jesus told a parable about um, a man who found um, treasure and he went and he sold everything he had to buy the field. There is treasure and are we willing? Like, I'm not talking about just physical possessions, okay? So hear me out. I'm talking about are we willing to give it all up to buy the field? the field of his presence, the field of his person, who he is. Are we willing to sell the field or sell everything so that we can buy the field? That takes intentionality. It takes passion. It takes excitement. Let's get excited again and have the joy of our salvation. Because when we first believed, you know, when I first believed that Jesus was my savior, um, they actually called me a... um, uh, I, I, was at Bi- or I was at Boise State for three months um, before I went to Bible college. And um, when I came back for the summer, I evangelized my entire sorority that I had been in before I went to Bible college. The sorority is not at the Bible college, okay? The, like, do you see the, <laughs> the thing here? Um, but um, they, the, there was a guy at the Bible college when I came back because I had, I had preached the gospel to everybody. And um, he was like, you are like a jackrabbit with the gospel. <laughs> and when we first believe, it's like, we're like, oh my gosh, he rescued me from everything. And sometimes when we go through the motions for so long, we kind of like, ah, ah. Like we forget the joy of our salvation and that motivates us to listen. So we need to rekindle our joy, rekindle the joy of your salvation. He rescued you from the pit of hell. Like you were on a one-way track to hell, to burning in hell, to eternal separation from our loving father, eternal separation from everything good. You were, you were headed there. You were on a train going this way. And then he literally stopped and he goes, I'm gonna rescue you. And I'm not gonna just rescue you from the pit of hell. I'm gonna give you a hope for a future right now. I'm not gonna leave you just like sitting there waiting for the, for the end to come, for you to die, to be with me. I'm gonna give you something right now. And so let's get a little like awake about it. Let's passion, get, our, get some passion about it, about listening to him. Jesus withdrew often to pray. He went away all the time. He withdrew. And even the title of our series, Come Away With Me. Come away with me and listen. Come away with me and hear. And Jesus' prayers, if you ever read them, if you go through, they're short. What was he doing the rest of the time? I'm just asking. You can come to your own conclusions. Um, (laughs) The next thing, cultivate your belt of truth cultivate it. The belt of truth doesn't just sling on by itself. 
Like you actually have to do some work to get the belt of truth on. And the Lord actually gave me this revelation this week. I was praying and somebody, I don't even know, I don't know if it was a message or a book. I really have no idea, but they talked about the belt of truth. And um, so the next day I was in my devotions and I was doing it. And I asked the Lord, how do you put on the belt of truth? Like, what do I actually need to do to do that? Because I've prayed, like, I put on the belt of truth, Lord. And I I mean, that's all I've ever thought. And then I actually sat for a little while and listened. And he said, I want you to start to speak the truth. What is the truth? That's how you put on the belt of truth is you tell the truth. So if the situation is you're not a very good mom, because, you know, we hear from the Lord and then the enemy comes with the lie, right? And it's like, did God really say you were a good mom? I don't think so. No, that's not truth. So what do we do to put on the belt of truth? I am a good mom in Jesus Christ. He is equipping me for this work. He has called me to this work. You're not a good employee. I am a good employee because I'm faithful. I'm a hard worker. I'm gonna do my best and the Holy Spirit is with me. He's coming to work with me today. So I'm going to be a good employee. I am called according to his purposes. I am chosen. I'm equipped with everything I need for today. His grace is sufficient for me in this trial. This might be hard, but his grace is sufficient for me. I'm going to put on the belt of truth this morning. I might be up against a wall, but that wall is coming down. That wall is coming down because he told me it was. So I believe him. I'm going to declare the truth today. He covers me. He loves me. He is my provider. When the, when the lie of the enemy comes against you about finances, I mean, seriously, who is your provider? Is it your workplace? Is it you? Is it him? It's him. He's my provider. Finances don't look good on paper right now. But you know what? He has all the provision I need. I might not be able to buy a fancy car, but I have what I need. And you know what? If you don't, let's be a church. Um, Just saying, let's be a church. (laughs) I am wanted. God has a plan for my life. His ways are good. This is one of my favorites. Though he tarries, though he tarries, he is coming. He is doing his work in the earth. He is going to show up in this situation. He is good. His ways are righteous. Here's another part of the belt of truth. His ways are trustworthy. Even when the lie says they're not. He isn't trustworthy. He's going to mess it up. Remember last time? No, his ways are trustworthy. He's trustworthy. My life is in good hands. He is the author and finisher of my faith. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Put that belt of truth on in the morning. I am more than a conqueror. My life has value and meaning because he created me. You know what? There's a massive lie in our, in our nation right now. And I, I can, you can do the research, but one of our speakers this week talked a lot about it. And it's this whole um, depression, anxiety, suicide. People are pressing, like this is like a, a major thing that we're dealing with in our culture right now. 
And you know what? If that is something that is happening in your life right now, you need to come with the truth. The belt of truth, it says, my life has value and meaning because God created me. That's it, period. You have value and meaning. So put that belt of truth on when the enemy comes and says, you're of no value. You have no worth. You're not good enough. You do because he made you. We fight the lies with the word of God. So we need to be in the word of God to know the word of God, right? It's hard to hear someone that you've never known. And the only way to know him is to read his word. So we, we wanna, the belt of truth only comes when you begin reading, right? You get all of those statements that I just made are from scripture. I didn't like make them up. Um, they're actually like, I'm not that cool. Um, they're actually from the Bible. And so you've got to begin to read it and get into it and get it inside of you so that when the enemy comes and he's like, did God really say, you can say, yes, he did. And it's right here. It's right here. I'm made in his image. I am made in the image of the almighty God and he has chosen me. So see, when we listen, we can get refreshed. We can get refueled. We can combat the lies of the enemy. We need to fight the lies with the word, but we have to be in the word to hear the word. And then the last thing, and you guys might not get the connection here, but this is to cultivate a love for the mission of God. So one way that we cultivate hearing is to cultivate a love for his mission. You might be, what is his mission? That all the earth would know his son, Jesus. That's it. Like he wants everyone to know his son, Jesus. Make sure that you make disciples. That's, I mean, Jesus' last thing was his co-mission for us, that he wants to go on mission to make disciples everywhere we go. So he's saying like, hey, if you're gonna listen, we're gonna care about his mission because his mission is what he's gonna be talking about. He doesn't just care about our life, he cares about their life too. He doesn't just want us to narrowly escape hell. He wants us to, to escape it with vigor and then go, hey, come on, let's go. Like, don't stay over there. So we're gonna cultivate a love for the mission of God as we listen and hear. God so loved the world. And I know this is a cliche one. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have eternal life. That's his mission. He set up everything so that he could send his son. He like, he's like, I love people and I want them in my kingdom. So when we start listening, we're gonna be on mission. It's gonna align us with the mission of God when we start listening. Because sometimes in our Christian life, we're just kind of like, meh. I don't know. And then as soon as we start listening, God's like, okay, I've got a son on mission. He's ready to go. And you start hearing words for people in the grocery store. And you're like, hey, I don't know. How you doing? And they're like, good. And you're like, hey, you know, I was just, I noticed you and I just wanted to let you know that, um, God kind of put a thought in my mind that he wanted to tell you that he cares about you and loves you. 
I don't know what your life is like. And, and I just want you to know that. And listen, when we listen and do the thing, he moves because we stepped out in faith. When we begin to step out in faith, he moves because we're sometimes waiting like, okay, God, I'll do it when somebody else, you know, there's a something happens when somebody else does it. And we're waiting because, but he's saying, hey, move in faith right now. Come on, move in faith, get up. You got the word of the Lord. I told you to talk to that person. Let's do it. Let's not wait. And if we're cultivating the listening in the secret place, then when we're in the marketplace, we'll hear. We have to cultivate it in the private and then all of a sudden it's out there. And you know what? It might seem scary, but he's gonna give you everything you need to be right in that moment. And it doesn't always look the same. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes it, uh, he moves in different ways. Do we love the mission of God so much that we're willing to listen to him so that we can be change agents in the world? We can change the world around us. Do we believe him for that? And sometimes listening, we hear things and it's literally so that we can just pray. It's not necessarily that we have to go do something, but it's like, hey, it's like what Jamie, what happened to Jamie? Let's pray for forest fires. And then she just begins walking the, the campground praying. He wants to speak stuff to us so that we can begin to pray and begin to reach out to people and be his change agents. So um, today, as we conclude, I actually wanted to give us a moment uh, to confess to the Lord where, we, where we're at. You know, some of us ha have cultivated this whole idea of listening and waiting. And some of us, you know, it's a new idea. We're all over the spectrum on terms of listening. But what I want to do is just have a moment where we can uh, tell the Lord, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. Talk to me, speak to me through your word. Prompt me. If there's somebody that needs your love, if there's somebody that needs a touch from you, would you please just whisper it in my ear, make it obvious. And, and then begin to wait listen and cultivate a heart posture of listening. And so I want everybody to stand to your feet. And I was at youth camp and every time they did an altar call, all hundred kids ran to the front and got on their knees. Um, I'm not gonna make you do that today, <laughs> but I just wanna seed thought this. Our youth are hungry. They're so hungry. They're like crying out for God, move in our generation. And I wanna challenge us, we'll be, we be an adult generation that says, move in this generation. Come and do your work here and now. Don't wait. I don't wanna miss out. I want it to happen now. And so, you know, I want you to just, I want you to talk with the Lord. Tell him, I wanna cultivate a heart and a posture of listening in my life. And I wanna hear your word. And I wanna hear what you're saying. I wanna hear what you're doing. And then wait for him. And, and build and cultivate this into your lifestyle. I'm gonna pray with us. Lord, I just ask that you would come and make us hearers. Help us to be good hearers of your word. That we would listen. We would listen to what you're saying and what you're doing. And then empower us to have faith, to believe you and act on it. I pray that you would come 
to each of the people in this room and you would make us change agents in the world because we're listeners. We get on mission with you. We're passionate about your mission because we're passionate about you. We love you, so we love your mission. Come and help us to be hearers. Help us to be hearers, listeners. Make one life a church who hears the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna give you a minute to just pray to the Lord and we're gonna sing a song of worship to conclude.